from the book of Genesis. And they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. I hope you are laser-focused on our first reading this morning, uh, because as we continue to pre- on our preaching series in Genesis, we have just come across the longest narrative in the entire book. And it centers on the call of Rebecca. And so if you have your bulletins or you have Bibles, I would welcome you to open those to that page because we're going to be diving into this very long but incredibly important text. Now, if you've been with us for the past few weeks, we have focused on the story of Abraham. Uh, we've been talking about God calling him out from among his own people, God greatly enriching him, promising him a son in his old age. And last week, Father Rodriguez talked about Abraham's call to sacrifice his son Isaac, and attest to prove that once again, God is faithful. And now we come to the end of Abraham's role in the story. He's at the end of his life, and at the end of his life, he decides to go out and find a wife, or send his servant to find a wife for his son Isaac, who has turned about 40 years old at this time. And it's interesting, as I was studying this week, and I was coming across other preachers' takes on this text, it was funny that they they tried to turn this into a love story between Isaac and Rebekah. But that's not what this text is about at all, is it? They don't even meet until Rebekah has already decided to marry him. You'll remember from the text that James just read when she put the veil on her face. That was a sign that she was betrothed to him. What this story is about And what's so significant for us this morning is this story is about God's call and what a faithful response looks like. And so I've I've got three points for us today. It helps keep me organized and hopefully helps keep you organized as well. Uh, The first point is God calls all of us. Second point is God's call requires discernment. And the third is that God's call requires risk. So let's jump into it together. First point, God calls all of us. The theme of God's call is everywhere in Scripture. Every major historic event in the Old Testament and New Testament are because God called people out of their regular lives, out of their regular living, to do something great for Him. He called Noah to build an ark and preserve humanity. He called Abraham to be the father of his people. He called Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. He called Isaiah to prophesy to his people. He called Mary to bear the Savior of the world. And he calls us, the church, to go forth and spread the gospel. Matthew 28, the Great Commission, Jesus says to his church, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That's a call, isn't it? It's pulling you out of where your daily living is. It's pulling you out of where you are, your routine. In fact, all Christians share in this common and general call to spread the gospel and live in such a way that everywhere you go, the kingdom of, uh, kingdom of God shines forth because of how He is pouring through you into that place. Let me say that again. Everywhere you go, the kingdom of God, it doesn't matter if it's your rec centers or your publixes or your clubs or uh, even the church, everywhere you go, God comes through you into that place. There are also moments, though, and I want you to think back to when they were, that God has called you specifically with specific tasks. Think back to my own life. You know, there's a a moment in uh, when I was transitioning from eighth grade into high school, and God said, hey, Josh, 
I know you're not really a Christian or, or anything like that, but I want you to start reading the Bible, and then what if when you go to high school you start a Bible study at lunch, and then what if you invite people into that to explore the Bible with you, not because you know what you're talking about, but because you're curious and I'm pulling you along and I want to invite you into this process. Another call, hey Josh, you have some glaring character flaws that are affecting your Christian witness, and it's time for you to move forward and confront them. That's a call. Hey Josh, I've sat your rector in Lake Mary down with the rector of Trinity and Vero Peach, and I want you to go ahead and give him a call. His name's Father Chris Rodriguez. He's a pretty good guy. That was a call. Now, these are obviously episodes from my own story, and tellingly, they are only the moments that I answered God's call. Because the many times that I did not or do not, well, those don't become episodes at all, do they? Because there's nothing to write. God calls us forward and invites us to respond. And I imagine your life is much the same as mine. The substance of your story, the parts that are worth telling and that shaped you for the better are often the times that you answered, you stepped up and you answered God's call. You know, this part of a call is, in, is just is intrinsic to everything that we are as Christians. For example, you ever heard the idea of a testimony, of sharing your testimony? Your testimony basically goes like this. At one point, I was ignoring God's call, and then he called, and then I began the process of following that call, right? That's what a testimony is. Following God's call is, is foundational to our life as Christians. And sometimes God's call is clear to us. Like Abraham's servant in our text, right? He prayed, God, I want you to reveal the son, I mean, I want you to reveal the wife for Isaac, and this is the way I want you to do it, God. I'd love you to have somebody come out, um, invite me to drink some water from the well, and then offer to water my camels. And, and Rebecca came out and she did just that. Now, offering a stranger water by a well is not so strange, but the servant of Abraham had at least 10 camels. Camels can hold 25 to 30 gallons of water, and Rebecca had a three-gallon jug. That's 80 to 100 trips to the well to water the camels. That's a sign. It's clear, right? That was a clear call from God. I want you to think about that. Have you ever experienced a clear call from God where He's called you to something greater? But sometimes discerning God's call can take some work. There might be something that feels just like a prick of, of the conscience or a new opportunity or even a new idea that will not leave you alone, but it's not crystal clear that this is God calling you to step into something. And this brings us to our second point for this morning. God's call often requires discernment. So how do we discern God's call? This is incredibly important for us to Christians to know if that voice that we're hearing is from the Lord, if He's the one calling us to step into something. Well, the first thing that we do, which is what Abraham's servant did in our text, is we pray. You pray for discernment. You pray that doors would be open or shut. And if they're open, that you would have the courage to walk through them and the fortitude to see the call through to the end. And then you ask yourself three questions. And by the way, full disclaimer, I stole these three questions from our Screw Tape Letters book study that we just did, all right? These are not mine. Thank you, C.S. Lewis. But, you, but you, you ask three questions when you're discerning a call. You ask, is it righteous? Is it prudent? Is it possible? Is it righteous? Well, how do you know? How do you know whether or not something is righteous? 
Well, does it align with what God has taught us through the Scriptures and what, this, and what we have learned from the saints who have gone before us? Is it righteous? You know, there are plenty of powerful impulses, opportunities, and desires that are quite attractive, but the reason Jesus calls the way of salvation the narrow way is because there are all sorts of wrong calls and wrong answers and very few that are right that align with God's purposes. So, ask yourself first, is it righteous? Second question, is it prudent? Now, prudent isn't something that we talk about a lot these days because we live in this culture of reactivity, don't we? You know, speak before you think. Live for the now. But prudence is an incredibly important Christian virtue. Here's what prudence is. Prudence means showing and caring thought for the future. So, when you ask yourself if God's call is prudent, this is what you're asking. Is this a good decision for you and for your family and for your society? And is it a good decision for you and for your family and for your society five years from now? And is it a good decision for you and for your family and for society ten years from now? Is it prudent? Y'all follow me when I say that? Third question, is it possible? Now, Luke 137 says this. This is when the angel Gabriel is speaking to Mary, and he says that nothing will be impossible with God, but the key is, is God on board? Now, what's interesting about this third question, is it possible, is you might not know the answer until you take your first step toward the call. You might not know until you begin to walk along the way, prayerfully asking God and see whether or not the doors remain open, but if they close, you'll know, won't you? Again, is it righteous? Is it prudent? Is it possible? For Abraham's servant in our text, he prayed, right? And it was answered in the affirmative. He was following God's will, and so it was righteous. He found a morally upright member of the right household, so it was prudent. And he's invited by the family to hear him out, so it was a possibility. And so the servant answered God's call. Now, if you're looking at your text, remember that the only thing Abraham required of his servant was that he give it a shot, because the answer was up to Rebekah. Look back with the text to me. I'm just going to read these two uh, verses, verses 48 and 59. The servant says, now then, if you are going to show a steadfast love and faithfulness to my master, tell me, and if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. And they called Rebekah, and they said to her, will you go with this man? Now, here's what they're asking Rebekah. I don't want you to miss the seriousness of God's call in this. They're asking Rebekah, hey, we just met this guy. I know we gave you, like, bracelets and a nose ring, and, you know, they're, they're pretty, and obviously there's some kind of serendipity to our meeting, but will you leave the protection and love of your family everything you have ever known, and travel 550 miles over the course of a month to marry a long-lost relative that you've never met. Oh, and you leave today. And Rebecca answered, heck no. No, that's not what she said at all, is it? But that's something that you and I would probably say in the face of such an extreme call. And this brings us to our third and final point. God's call requires risk. It requires risk. Yesterday was, um, we celebrated Independence Day, and when you look at our independence of a nation, that was an incredibly great risk 
that men took to, to found it. Um, like all great achievements that required enormous risk, we, uh, the people who are revolutionaries, our patriots, our, our forefathers in this country, they were seeding from the greatest military power on earth. And you can check, by the way, you can ask Austin Powell for the details of this because I'm a little sketchy on it. The 56 men signed the Declaration of Independence, committing high treason for which they would have likely been hanged until unconscious, then revived, disemboweled, beheaded, cut into quarters, and scattered so that their remains would be unnamed and unknown. But they believed that this was God's call on their life, and so they went forth. It was an incredible risk, an incredible experiment, but look at where we are today. What an amazing thing. In every call, God is disrupting the plans that we have made for ourselves and challenging us to part with our sense of safety, to part with our sense of security, comfort, and control. And that's because in every call, you leave what is familiar and become what is, in effect, an alien in a strange land. Here's what I mean by that. You take a mission trip overseas, and you immediately start committing faux pas. I learned from a Swaziland trip, by the way, never wear a hat on a job site because you are declaring yourself the boss. And the real boss didn't like that, right? Hat was done. But you're an alien in a strange land, and you're, and you're taking risk. Here's another one. You take on a new job, and you have to learn the culture. You have to learn the unspoken rules. And until you do, you're going to be the odd person out, aren't you? An alien in a strange land. Here's another example. Has anybody ever uh, called out or stood up to address a, a um, family dysfunctional system? What happens? All of a sudden, you become the stranger. You become the alien. You're the one that, that is separated from what's going on around you. And finally, what about when you decide to share your faith with your coworkers, friends, or neighbors, and risk, if not social isolation, an uncomfortable moment or two because all of a sudden you are one of those people? Y'all follow me when I say that? God's call can lead to alienation because we're taking extreme risks to follow Him. And it's woven throughout the Abrahamic narrative, by the way. The Hebrew word for alien, ger, is found Genesis 12, 15, 19, 20, 21, and 24 is the first inherent risk in following God's call. And here's the second. Even if you follow God's call, you might not live to see the results in the fulfillment of God's promises. In the book of Hebrews, there's this incredible chapter on the heroes of faith, Hebrews chapter 11, and I would encourage you to go home and read it. And it talks about these heroes of faith, those who are called by God to venture bravely forth. Now, I know, I know it sounds ironic to talk about God's call when we're all worried and, and sheltering because we have a resurgence of case of coronavirus, but I can tell you that God has not stopped moving and God has not stopped calling His people despite what is going on. And so you see these heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 and God calling them to venture forth, and after listing their heroic examples of faith, Hebrews 11.13 says this, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. Wait, what? God, you call these people out? You promise them? That they will have a more fulfilling, abundant life in you, and they don't get to live to see it? And you think, you know, God, if I'm going to pray for your will to be done 
and attempt to discern what that will is and take risks, shouldn't there be some kind of earthly reward that I see, some kind of guarantee that following you will pay off? But you know what? Looking to follow God's call only to reacquire earthly safety, security, comfort, and control misses the point. We're looking for something more. This is what that chapter in Hebrews goes on to say about these heroes of faith. He said, you know what? They desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. God is the reward, and His presence is the result of our following His call. If you look around and you wonder, God, where are you in my life? I would have to ask you, do you have margins? Is there space for Him? Are you attempting things that require His presence? Or are you so scheduled? Is everything so set in stone that there's no room for Him to act? So as we close out, I would encourage you, listen to God. Listen for His call. Pray, discern, and step out in faith. What can you possibly do with your life that is better than that? You know, we all give our lives to something because what else can we do with them? We can't hold on to them forever. Well, then what else is worth giving your life to, more so than the one who made you and the one for whom you were created? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would continue to lead us and guide us into your call. Give us hearts that are avid in seeking you out and desiring to accomplish your purposes. Give us the courage and fortitude to step out in faith and follow that call to the end. God, you have created us for yourself. I pray that we would so restructure our lives that we would once again have that need for your presence and we would, it would be a felt need for us. In your son Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.